You know, one of the most uh, familiar, most sung Christmas carols, sung every Christmas, undoubtedly you've heard this Christmas carol this year and probably sung it, is a uh, Christmas carol we sing often. And it's the first Noel. You probably know it. The chorus of first Noel goes, Noel, 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 born is the king of Israel. Now, it was a couple years ago, our daughter was three years old, and uh, she was singing this song, Noel, Noel, Noel. But there was something different about the last line, and we couldn't quite, you know, she's three years old, she's just learning to talk, and so it's like, what is she saying? And uh, after a while, my wife asked her, uh, what is it that you're saying? And very emphatically, she said, Noel, 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 Gord is the king of Israel. We thought we had good neighbors at the time. Happens to be that uh, one of our neighbors was Gord, and he was brainwashing our children. So if you know any Gords out there, they're all the same. So just kidding. We moved. We don't have that neighbor anymore, and I advise you to do the same. Brings up the question, though, who is the king? Who is the king? I mean, who, who is the king of the universe? Who puts it all in place and holds it together? Who, who is the king of the world? Who is the king of Israel? And that is a pretty broad question. And, and maybe a more personal question for us to ask is, who is your king? Who is your king? Who is the one in your life that gets to determine and set direction of your life? Who, who sets the decisions of your life? Who is it that rules your life that you uh, put your allegiance towards? Who is it that gets to dictate the terms and the behaviors of your life? Who is your king? I want to welcome you to Mount Olive Church tonight as we are celebrating Christmas Eve together. My name is Alvin. I'm the lead pastor here. And every Christmas, we hear the story of Christmas, and we've heard it tonight, right? And it's this beautiful story, and eventually we hear about this baby who was born. They wrapped him in claws and placed him in a manger, and it's so cute. And one of the things we can do is we, as we hear the story over and over, we can lose the significance of what happened that first Christmas, what actually happened that first Christmas. We can lose the significance of what happened when that baby was placed in a manger. And so over the last few weeks, we have, as a church have been journeying through the story of Christmas, but looking at the story of Christmas and particularly the person of Christmas through three lenses. And one of the lenses that we've been looking at the, the story or the person of Christmas, who is Jesus, that babe in a manger, is through the lens of prophet. Jesus came as a prophet. Now, what is a prophet? Now, as concisely as I can say it, prophets represent God to the people. And this is what Jesus came to do. All prophets do this. They represent God to the people. And Jesus came as a prophet, but he didn't come as only a prophet. He came as the prophet, not as a representative of God. He came as the representative of God. In fact, the Apostle Paul said it this way, he is the image of the invisible God. The invisible, unknowable God has now become seen. Wow. And the writer of Hebrews says he's the exact representation of God. This is Jesus. If you've ever wondered what God is like, 
And maybe you stumbled over some things in the Old Testament, you stumbled over some things in history, and you're like, man, this God is an angry God, and, and people died, and all these things, and you wonder, is he just an angry God? You don't know who God is until you look at the person of Jesus. He is the exact representation of God. And Jesus showed up, that babe that was wrapped in claws, lying in a manger, and the unseen, transcendent, unknowable God became knowable. But he didn't just come as prophet. We also saw that Jesus came as priest. And to define priest, if prophets represent God to the people, priests represent the people before God. Prophets represent God to the people. Priests represent the people before God. And Jesus came again, not as a priest. There had been many priests. He came as the priest. And one of the roles of priests was to, to make up the gap between the people and God, right? Our sin caused this gap, this separation. And we could not be in God's presence because of our sin. And priests would, would, would fill in the gap. They would make sacrifices so that the people could be forgiven. Well, Jesus, when he came, that babe wrapped in a manger, he came as the priest to, to fill in the gap between us and God, to make the sacrifice. And here's the amazing thing about Jesus. He not only came as the priest, he also came as the sacrifice. He came as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And suddenly... An unapproachable God because of our sin, because of the gap that we had created between us and God. An unapproachable God becomes approachable through the person of Jesus. Je because of Jesus, God became knowable. And because of Jesus, God became approachable. And we can have relationship with him. Now, this is all nice, right? I mean, even if you came tonight and you're like, ah, it's been years since I've been in church and you know, I kind of got bribed to go to this party and then they came to this service after and you're not really a person of faith. You probably are happy about this, right? I mean, it's, it's nice to know that God is all of a sudden knowable and God is now approachable. That, that's, that's really nice. That's inviting news. Well, the third lens we're gonna look at tonight is maybe the most disturbing of them all. So Jesus came as prophet and he came as priest, but that babe in a manger also came as king. And when Jesus came as king, that was disturbing and it is disturbing today. Because kings infringe on territory. This is, this is the very definition of what kings do. They take over control. They, they, they tell people what to do, what they can and cannot do. And when Jesus came, he came as king. And that's disturbing because he infringes on our territory. See, whenever kings, you know, two kings cannot coexist in the same kingdom. When one, kingdom come, one king comes to another king's kingdom, what do they do? They fight until one king wins and then that king, king gets to decide the laws. He gets to decide uh, how people behave. And he gets to decide the rules. Jesus came not just as prophet and priest, which is nice, which is inviting, he also came as king to infringe on our territory because that's what kings do. And we see this from the very beginning when Gabriel, the angel who came to Mary and said, hey, you're gonna have a baby and she'd never been with another man. There was a miracle beyond miracles. When Gabriel told Mary she was gonna have a child, he said this, this was from the start. 
He, referring to the child, he, Jesus, will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And, and every, every Jewish person knew that eventually when the Messiah came, when the Christ came, he was gonna come in the line of David. And that's exactly what the angel says. David up to this point had been the most famous king in Israel's history. You probably heard of him, David and Goliath, that David. And he says, he's gonna come in the, uh, uh, and, and the Lord will give him the throne. He's gonna come as a, as a king and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. This is king talk. When Jesus came as king, he came to reign, which means to take other territory that other people had been reigning up until that time. He came to set up a kingdom, the way in which we live and behave, the way in which we interact with each other, a new kind of kingdom. So the question is, who is the king? And that question's already been settled as we saw today. Jesus is the king. But the question I want us to wrestle with a little bit tonight is this, who is your king? Jesus is the king. But who is your king? Who is it that you are willing to give your allegiance, to give up your reign and your territory to? Who is your king? You know, in the Christmas story, this question came up of, of kingship. When another king arrives, it leaves a problem, doesn't it? And there's a tension. And really, there's only one of two decisions you can make when a king shows up. And this was true in the first century when Jesus arrived. It's still true for us. When a king shows up, there's really one of two decisions. And there's a tension in this process. And I want to look at how this played out in the, in the first century, in the Christmas story, and then apply it to us as we interact our lives with that Christmas story as well. Christmas story goes this way. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and were introduced to the two main characters or people groups in the story. King Herod and another group of people called the Magi, we don't know how many there were, but they weren't kings, they were probably noblemen, rich, wealthy people from the far east. And these Magi, they asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? And immediately the question is, what are we going to do with this king? A king has just arrived. They continued and they give us one of the, uh, of the responses. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. We heard about a new king. And one of the responses is to say, I give that king my allegiance a king just showed up in my life and what am I gonna do with this king? And one of the responses is say, you get to dictate terms and direction and behaviors. They came to say, you're in charge. We're gonna put ourselves under, and remember, this is a babe in a manger. These noblemen from far out east said, we've come to worship him. Well, when King Herod heard this, he was, <laughs> this is the word, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When a king shows up, it is disturbing because kings take over territory. 
So he was disturbed. We're told that when he had called together all the people, uh, people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied. And way back 700 years earlier, the prophet Micah had already prophesied, said, when the Messiah comes, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. This was all foretold. He was going to come as a king. It was all planned. God had preordained it all. So they said, in Bethlehem, and the Magi heard this, and King Herod said, go to Bethlehem, find the child, and then report back to me, because I want to worship him as well. And so the Magi made their way to Bethlehem. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Again, this is one of the response to when a king shows up. Joy, worship. And it continues, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. And then they opened up their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They were willing to give of themselves, to give up themselves, to bow down and worship this new king who had just arrived. Well, they'd been forewarned in a dream not to go back to Herod. So they disappeared. And we find out the other response to when a king shows up. When Herod realized that he'd been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. Here's why. And he, or here's what he did. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity uh, who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. And this is the other response to when a king shows up. We either bow down and worship, we either give our allegiance to, or we try and take the head of the other king because we're not willing to lay down our crown, so they must lay down theirs. And Herod responded this way. It was either accept the new king or fight because two kings cannot exist in one kingdom. And when Jesus came as king, he did not leave any middle ground. Him being king did not leave any neutral ground. Because when a king shows up, it leaves us with one of two options. We either lay up, lay down our crowns to the new king, or we fight and try to take the crown of the other king. So this Christmas, we want to ask the question, who is the king? That question's actually already been settled. When Jesus came as a babe, he was so much more than just a babe. He came as king. In fact, years after Jesus was on the earth and he'd done his teaching and he'd done all the miracles and he'd died on the cross for our sin and then God had raised him back to life and he ascended to heaven and sat at the right hand of God, John, one of his disciples, said this about Jesus. And he said, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, which means that if there was a realm of kings, all of the kings put their crowns down to this king. He is the king of over all the kings. And if there is someone who's master and Lord, someone who makes all the decisions and determines direction, Jesus is Lord of all of those lords and he's master of all of those masters. The question, who is the king, has already been settled. So the question I wanna leave with you tonight then is, and who is your king. Jesus came as the king. 
And he invites you, as you consider that babe in a manger, to consider he is so much more than a babe. It was not just another starry night. It was a transformative night. And it continues to transform us as we come to Jesus and we lay down our crowns and we say, you are king. So I want to invite the band back up and we're going to sing a couple more songs as we uh, respond to this question, who is your king? And I want to invite you this Christmas 2022. I don't know where you're at in your faith journey, but as you consider that babe who is placed in a manger, the king of the world, that you would maybe for the first time or maybe for the 100th time say, God, I lay down my crown. And maybe there's some areas, some territories in your life that you've continually held back and said, no, God, I want control of this. This is my space. This is my area. I'm not giving this to you. You don't get to determine the direction or the behaviors of my life in this area. That tonight would be the night that you say, he is king. And he is my king. So if that's where you're at, I want to invite you to stand now and sing these songs, angels from the realms, or angels we have heard on high, and angels uh, from the realms of glory, and we will declare our worship of the Savior King. So stand with us and let's sing together. Thanks so much for joining us today. We trust you have been encouraged and challenged in your faith journey. If you're desiring prayer, want more information on our church, want to partner with us or be involved in any way, please go to our website at mountoliveefc.com. We'll see you next time.